Well, boys, looks like you started the fun without me. You're all sick. Every last one of you. We're going to need a bigger gun. What's the matter? You scared of things that go boom? My name is Eric, and I am joined, finally, by Michael Kester. Yeah, I'm here. We're talking about um, Planets of Spice today on Double Feature. Um, if this, if you, if you weren't, uh, if you weren't paying attention when you started the show, um, take a look at the title. That's correct. <laughs> today we are covering what Dune. What the fuck is this? And Spice World. It's the end of the year. This is the moment um, every year uh, where it doesn't matter what we fucking do. Uh, all, all roads lead to here and whether or not year 15 happens is not contingent on what we do today. Um, and that is why you don't need to go to patreon.com forward slash double feature and try and keep us alive for year, year 15. Oh why would you do that? God. If you are having a good time, you want more programming, you want to keep our show alive, you get something out of this. You want to go back into our back catalog. In fact, you could go back into our back catalog and just listen to our year-end pairs. Who would do that to themselves? I, I mean, ask it's you. Some, it, it, I would. I would be the one. It is I. Well, on a previous show, we had talked about, actually on the imposter show, we talked about the sort of slap happiness of uh, yes. just pitching ideas over and over in a room until it's been... yeah. 36 hours and you want to leave the room and uh, that's how you get Dune in Spice World and you see that that's right once a year every year hey and look at this on our last episode of this year of the show or ever you never know or um, yeah can we let's just briefly just can we just <laughs> briefly talk about this I don't want to spoil anybody's good time on Dune in Spice World but I don't know when the fuck else we're going to talk about it right I don't know if we're going to keep doing this show yeah we'll see I mean, we'll probably do the finale show because that requires like literally no homework. It would be really, really depressing to go out on Dune and Spice World. <laughs> Look, right, if anything is is uh, is pushing me towards recording something else, it's that Dune and Spice World would be on like the permanent history too because none of the other shows are online because mm-hmm. it's only this year that's on iTunes. Mm-hmm. So people would be like, oh, what was Double Feature? And just see Dune and Spice World, I'd fucking kill myself. We need help. We need help to keep doing the show. I don't know, I don't know if there's another year of the show, I don't know. But this isn't the time to, I want to show up and people have mm-hmm. given some money for some amount of Double Feature and we've decided that amount is at least Dune and Spice World. Right. So I I don't want to be dishonest about, hey, and we'll just, yeah, we got a whole other fucking year of this. Because as of this second, it's the end of the year and we have literally no plan for the next year. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about some stuff. We're also talking about not some stuff. I don't know, but I don't want to get depressed. I want to be with Dune and Spice World. So just, look, just go on the Patreon and kick some money in and we need some help doing this fucking show gotta hire some interns or something all right that's sad so listen if you're not fucking entertained by us doing dune like the current dune like not not a weird dune we didn't even pick a weird dune we did like the current the zendaya dune okay you're welcome 
And then this isn't fucking, the sporty posh cut of Dune, or no. The, but we did do. We are covering Spice World, which listen. Even if you've never seen Spice World, if you have no interest in Spice World, I can guarantee you this has all been worth it just knowing Eric 13 had to watch Spice World. Yeah, it's really Just funny. that knowledge, watching Spice World myself, <laughs> could I could take or leave. Sure, there's a whole conversation that we're going to have about it. But really what got me through that was knowing that at some point, you too we're going to be watching Spice World. And so please just take the enjoyment that we are giving you today. We're doing a Denis Villeneuve movie. That's exciting. The cast is outstanding. The movie's really good. And then Spice World is a movie about the Spice Girls with arguably a better cast, but I'm not going to say that. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I mean, listen, it, there are a lot of good reasons for this to be our last show is what I'm saying. But uh, let's let's figure if out. If you by happen the end. to land here and this was the last show we ever did, then go on the Patreon just to go into the back catalog. We need people on the Patreon just to keep the back catalog on the servers, so that Spice World isn't the only show <laughs> that, that lives on. Because there were it, it's it isn't our dumbest show, and if you really wanted it to be our dumbest show that survived on, it's not that either. So, yeah, but we should start with Dune. I don't know why, because it seems more serious. Mm -hmm. It just seems like, yeah, start with Dune, try to do, you know, it's serious until I make you do a Dune log line and then we're sure. here for, then our show never ends because we'll be here for a uh, thousand hours. No, 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 please allow me to do the Dune log line because of everything that we're covering today, Dune has the best punchline. Spice World's got this whole movie with a bunch of jokes. Dune has the best punchline. Let me logline this bitch. Wow, wow. Um, a family inherits the Spice Planet uh, from like two warring factions, and uh, all the odds are stacked against them being able to mine enough spice to... And that's the end of the movie. Uh, stay tuned for the trilogy. Um, surprise, it's not the whole story. It's so funny that like for the longest time, we've avoided new movies, right? It's very uh -huh. rare we do a brand new movie. Yeah. Because you don't want the hottest take. You're not on the show for the hottest take. Mm -hmm. You're here because Super Mario Bros. has been out a while. Mm -hmm. And it's time for somebody to really consider, like, how did that, once the, the dust settled, how did that land? What were the themes to on the meat of the movie? Why should I keep watching it over and over? And when we pick a movie to do from this year, we pick a movie that's not even finished. It's, yeah, yeah. It's I mean it's maybe the dumbest movie that came out last year for us to do because it's the first part of a two or three parter. We'll see. Oh my god, that isn't even out yet. It is. It is so funny to watch this movie. So I did. You didn't see this in the theater, did you? No, I didn't. No, I okay, watched so, it today for the show. So I was the idiot who went and saw this in the theater, and I mean, I don't mean the idiot because this is a great movie. Did you stay through the just, credits waiting for the other movie? Yeah, no. So the thing that the thing that's crazy is this is what an eleven and a half hour movie or something. Mm -hmm. And hey, those spaceships got to take off and land. So. I don't know about you, but I'm sitting watching this movie and we get to uh, the last act when they're in the desert and you're like sort of seeing mm -hmm. the character like grow and, and you know, he's dealing with the, the sandworms and whatever. 
And I'm going, I'm, I'm in my seat in the theater going, cool. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if there's like three more hours, I'm down. Like I could do a six hour oh, movie. Oh, hey, this movie's finally taken off. Let's, yeah, let's see what's going like, to happen. At, I, I don't have fucking screen fatigue. I don't have to fucking pee. I'm like. Well, Zendaya just got there. Yeah. You're like, oh, they're introducing another character. Great. I'm like, I am ready to go. And then the movie's like, tune in next week for Dune 2. And I'm like, fucking. <laughs> Dune 2, where was Dune 1? <laughs> um, well, maybe that makes this the most fun document for the future because eventually yeah. we'll know how this Dune was handled. Yeah. And then there will be no time to to just go, well, what about after only the first yeah. part? So I think one of the things that is, one of the hardest things to unpack about this movie is that it comes with the weight of Dune on its shoulders. So you and I and most of modern cinema knew when Denis Villeneuve had his hands on Dune that it was, I don't know, I'm just going to say it the way that like we were supposed to think. It's finally going to get done right with massive <laughs> right, air quotes, right? right? Finally, an auteur. <laughs> finally going to get done right. Yeah, we've never had that. Right. Um, uh, and so, but the thing that happens, right. It's just to me, it may as well have been a Marvel movie and David Lynch's movie may as well have been the fucking comics because when they go, when they go with Timothy Chalamet as insert character name, I'm like, who is, Oh, Kyle McLaughlin, Timothy Chalamet as Kyle <laughs> right, McLaughlin. Right. Yeah. You know, and you start one to oneing the actors. Or I'm not even one to one playing floating Orson Welles in this movie. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Who's who's gonna who's gonna be Mick Jagger Sting? You know who's got the Mick Jagger Sting role? Yes. I mean that's the other thing too, right? Is it reignites the Jodorowsky's Dune conversation yes, yes. where you're like, I'm watching this movie being like, oh yeah, this is great. Jodorowsky's Dune would have been way better, but sure, this is great. Well, that's Jodorowsky's Dune is. There's no world where it could have existed because Jodorowsky right. is Jodorowsky. <laughs> so <laughs> it's kind of like could have been better is funny because it presupposes that Jodorowsky could have gotten it to the finish line, which right. is kind of a funny, a funny thing. And it wouldn't have just become alien uh, in the right. process. But and let's also not forget the BBC series, which I think was one of the most popular things the BBC right. ever made. Sure. That's the one with always, William Hurt, right? I don't know. I don't know who's in it. I haven't seen it. Okay. But I've always heard that it's, you know, that's the one that's the closest to of course. the... Yeah, everybody's oh, got... Oh, and there's a book. Yeah. That's probably important. So when you're watching Dune 2021, what is uh, really apparent to me, the biggest character in uh, the entire movie is the size of the the scope <laughs> you know what i mean i yeah. mean it's like it's like there is no nothing is small in this movie it's like check out this fucking spaceship it's the size of 20 football fields yeah yeah it's got six people on it yes um it's like i just feel like like the whole of this film is like the operatic nature of Dune is what has set it up to fail over and over again, right? So you're saying the BBC series is, quote, the one to see. You know why? It's because it's probably like 12 fucking hours long. Likely. And you can't do a 90-minute speed run of Dune and make it make... There's a whole subplot. The planet is... 
<laughs> I mean, the movie, the the story is not meant to be made into a movie, and we don't accept we don't accept this enough in in cinema. There are some stories that need to be a six season television arc with three seasons actually written and three seasons milking the first three seasons. I don't understand why we don't take more advantage of that mechanic, Mm. but you know, that's what they're doing. Um, Apple plus is doing, uh, the other Dune. What's the, um, uh, foundation, the other Dune, you know, foundation. What is the the other Dune? The foundation trilogy. It's like one of the, like the biggest sci-fi trilogies in the history of science fiction, science fiction literature. I guess I just hit a total blind spot when you, when you get outside of Philip K. Dick. That's like the extent of my, (laughs) my sci-fi reading. Yeah. Well, I did feel the sensibility of the David Lynch Dune. So I was kind of in that same place you were, where, you know, this is also just because of when Dune was written, I think, but a, a lot of the kind of arcs, mm-hmm. the sort of like, what story are we telling? You know, you could go very broad with it and kind of talk about like, um, when you mentioned warring factions, you know, maybe that's a, a theme we can pick apart a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I think just in the way we're playing out the stuff that's a little more like sword and sorcery. Mm-hmm. Those themes are there, and then it's also opera sensibility, Western sensibility. I like. I thought of it more as a Western, but when you say opera, I like that. I like that about it. Mm-hmm. I I wondered when I thought of it as a Western how much it's just like yeah, there's a lot of fucking sand, sand. Just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it is though. It's a lot of wide shots, right? It's mm-hmm. it's big in scope, and that's a huge yep. part of it. And thinking a little bit about. Well, what it is it? Also has the, Josh Brolin, so it is inherently yeah, a Western. Yeah, right. Yeah, and so so you're mixing that with also a lot of um, uh, mysticism, a lot of um, I don't know if it's necessarily Middle Eastern. I mean, this is this is where we just like we hit the. Well, no, it the reason the reason that you have this Middle Eastern understanding is because of the imperialism. How do you mean? You know, like the la- the last bastion of global imperialism in the world in which we live is in the Middle East. Mm. Um, I mean, that's not true. Obviously, there's like a ton of imperial, like shadow imperialism, but like the place where like countries are like the the last place where countries that didn't live there left was the Middle East. Yeah. So the spice is this resource that uh, oil. The spice is oil. Yes. So it's it's kind of like a, yeah, I mean, I, I guess in a lot of ways we are talking about the Middle East. Mm-hmm. But it was it was this 60s sort of like flower child yep. eco horror of a sure. science fiction movie. And that was very big in the 60s. That was Soil and Green and that's... Um, sure. Uh, what do we always talk about? Uh, Logan's Run. Logan's Run. Yeah, Bruce Stern talking to plants. Oh, no, no, that's uh, Silent Running. Silent Running, yes. No, Logan's Run, Run is the 27 Club. That's yeah. Yeah. what that movie is. Logan Logan did not run silently. So we kind of start with this. The, the reason to be here is the spice, and the spice is part of that eco-story we're telling. But I guess for some reason in this movie, I got more fixated on Paul and you know, thinking about, okay, so the Dune that I know is the David Lynch Dune, and what are we doing differently here? 
And part of the David Lynch Dune is that it's just fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. So if we're really going to sit down and everybody's going, we're doing Dune the right way this time, or we're doing the proper Dune or whatever the fuck. You're right. I have the same narrative. The sort of like, oh, I'll get to, hey, one cool thing about this new Dune is I'll get to figure out what the fuck Dune is. That'll be mm-hmm. <laughs> something I have not gotten at all. And in not only seeing David Lynch's Dune, but seeing... Jodorowsky's doing the documentary right through that whole thing nobody really sits down to go here's why Dune's important here's the overall arcs and here's what we're going to do in it Mm -hmm. so yeah it was also my time to learn about Dune as a work of fiction and and sure because who's got the time to read yeah well Dune is notoriously a very complicated read right because it's got all these appendices of all the fucking crazy just right. just try this, reading a plot synopsis of even the movie, and it's hard to keep track mm-hmm. of the character names. Mm-hmm. The character full names, maybe. Everybody's got a funny sure. first name, like Paul. Yeah. Which yeah. is just right. my yeah. favorite part of Dune. Everybody's just like, mm-hmm. oh, that's Dan over there. Yeah. It's just such a funny for the world they've built. Right. But yeah, maybe if you keep it to first names and keep it to the high level, you can get the warring factions over the resource, but I see, anyways, the point I was trying to make is I see at the center of it that very 80s kind of like the chosen one. Mm -hmm. The one who will lead, who has, against all odds, the born gift that he wasn't supposed to have, but he does. Mm -hmm. And I kind of think that's where I am. And then, of course, the movie ends. But we get just enough visions of the future to see this kind of like I don't know if it's a religious war or, you know, there is the scene in the movie where it's like, okay, Paul has never killed a man. And then Paul right. sees a bloody hand in his future and he's like, I'm going to decide to kill a man. Yeah. And that's where I see Dune going is, oh, Paul. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's definitely sort of this like, this like messianic prophecy that, this movie doesn't really talk. I mean, that's one of the things I actually like about where this movie ends mm-hmm. is that, you know, if the next one deals too much with messianic prophecy, I can always say I liked the first one. Oh, yes. You know, just like there's that other trilogy that we talk about sometimes on the show. And by talk about, I mean, we just talk about the first one. Um, but then and there's by a trilogy, trilogy. You mean four and movies? And then they just put out a fourth one. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I just, I really like when, when, Filmmakers have the wherewithal to understand that your trilogy doesn't need to handle the same themes all the time. That your first movie can handle a certain set of themes. Your second movie can sort of choose from those, maybe pick up some new ones. And so I do really like that this movie deals heavily with daddy issues. uh, That it is a way more like... um, military war machine centric conversation... Oh yeah. And sort of like this this like there's like statecraft and espionage that I think is really really like inherent to what's going on. Uh it it just goes really out of its way. So by the time Paul has left by I mean has left. By the time the the village has been decimated by the assault. Um it's not it's Paul is not just devoid of his his city his home he's also it, it also the movie feels like it has it has destroyed a lot of the like the the rigorous um the i can't think of the right word but it's destroyed a lot of the like structure 
mm-hmm. of the planet. It's destroyed a lot of the statecraft, the politics, the government, and it's destroyed a lot of the men. Um, it's like sort of eliminated this, like the like hard line. This is how we do things of the of the Dune scenario. Yeah, and goes. You're basically gonna have to like. You're gonna have to like go with the flow, my guy. <laughs> And uh, I like that the movie does that on purpose. I feel like the movie, because I feel like this next, you know, and again, I don't know. This is why it's fucking stupid to do new movies. You shouldn't talk about new movies. Shut your mouth for a couple of years. But if the next movie comes out and we're like, oh, chilling in the desert, man, you know, it's all peace and love. We're just like huffing the sand or what the fuck ever. That's going to feel so markedly different from the first yeah. movie that it can't be the same movie. I know Dune also as a tale, like a cautionary tale about fascism. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the... Um, Didn't work. The Well, I mean, I guess the sort of like, almost, I don't know if parody is really the right word. I think there might be a secondary theme today of kind of like um, satire under the surface or parody or maybe even more overt than than people even realize. But as I started thinking about... Paul's very, very 80s, very um, Kroll kind of Kyle MacLachlan mm-hmm. sneak it back in here. But, you know, his chosen one story, Dune is also a story that is is kind of like caution to the chosen one idea. You know, people will follow a leader to a point that even the leader no longer has control over them. And I don't know if that is why maybe Dune is the right story for the time or even where this Dune is going to go, but it was, it holds this place in fiction as a story about what people do blindly following, you know, in the name of whatever it is, their God, their candidate, their whoever. It's about being a follower, basically. Mm -hmm. A very no gods, no kings kind of idea that um, that we could have this some sort of supreme ruler that everybody just bows to, and if you are commanding that type of people or governing a society that way, like the perils of doing that, of overthrowing one king and replacing him with the next, mm-hmm. or of people who, I mean, in our our modern society, of course, this is fucking Trump. I, this isn't really, we're not like hiding the, the, oh, geez, what could we be talking about? But you just blind, and really it's parties in general, but the idea of blind loyalty to one party and then whatever the party, sure. whatever the latest idiot to that party decides is the new fucking thing, then I guess we all care about this now. Mm-hmm. There is a an interesting note in the movie talking about like valuing humanity over resources. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that we came here not for the spice, but not for the resources, but for your people. And the kind of, um, you know, what their skill or their mindset or who they are. And they do play that up earlier when they have that weird uh, kind of confrontation with customs, you know, with like spitting. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No, 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 no. That's actually a great sign of respect. We should all just spit on this table. Very funny scene. I feel like the the hidden themes of Dune are well-worn. I don't know if the hidden themes of Spice World are not, but... uh, whether whether you think this is parody or satire or what you think of this movie, there I am. is a uh, there's a lot 
to chew on in this movie. And at the same time, my my big takeaway from Spice World. So two Spice World Spice World has has one thing very much in common with Super Mario Bros. And uh, actually, Can't get off the two Super Mario Bros. Much, two things very much in common with Super Mario Bros. One thing it has in common is Bob Hoskins. Um, and the other thing that uh, Spice World has in common is I feel like it's not long enough. That's my big take. I mean, you know, talk about pairing it with Dune, but shit, dude. Well, um, I, I know because I just know everything that was cut out of every movie because I constantly think about all the things we're missing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that there was some some Spice World cut in the time because it was a very strange time that this movie came out. Oh, but you could I mean, see it right so, in the movie. Yeah, the movie is not about fucking anything, and it doesn't even care to be about anything. The movie is, what if the Spice Girls were on the screen? Will you pay for that? Um, the thing, the so the thing that's bizarre about this movie. Are you saying the director of that darn cat, the ill-fated Christina Ricci remake, would not be loading this with? As many important grounded themes as no, but he's apparently loading it with as many important fucking actors as he can possibly <laughs> find. Yeah, uh, no, not cameos. I'm talking about Richard E. Grant and Roger oh, Moore, sure, who sure. are playing full on fucking characters. Alan um, Cumming, and let's not forget that Alan Cumming. But also the one, the one, the 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 name in this movie that just boggles my mind to no end, and it boggles my mind whenever he fucking shows up because I don't understand ever why is Richard O'Brien in Spice World? Is Richard O'Brien in Spice World? Who does he play? Richard O'Brien is the photographer. Really? Yeah. Wow, I didn't even recognize him. Rocky Horror Richard O'Brien. Yes. So wow. the creator what? of. The creator of Rocky Horror Picture Show, who also plays Riff Raff in Rocky Horror Picture Show, who has showed up in Double Feature um, on Dark City yes. and then again in Spice World. Uh, what is what is his bag? What is he what is he running? I don't <laughs> I don't know. You know, the secret forces behind these films. It's just and he's never like a featured, you know, he's never if he were Elton John or something or Elvis Costello in this movie, that makes a little bit more sense, but he's like an actual character. Uh, and they like pay to the point where they pay no attention that he's fucking Richard. O- maybe I'm, maybe it's me. Maybe I think Richard O'Brien's a bigger yeah, deal than he well, actually is. It's not is. like he's in heavy makeup or anything. I just didn't, I right. so did not expect. Right. <laughs> oh, Richard O'Brien. There was Richard O'Brien that I just couldn't possibly, you know. That sort of like that adjunct, like how is this all happening? It really controls this movie. Yeah. Because we talk a lot on Double Feature about you had to be there. It was like a thing of its time, you know, going on in society. At the, we didn't talk about it on the last movie because it was like yesterday. But like <laughs> oftentimes we go, well, keep in mind. I always go, keep in mind. They just started switching to video. I say that like every fucking three episodes. Um, but uh, if you weren't around if you weren't around, and I mean alive, okay? If you weren't alive when the Spice Girls were a thing, you probably don't understand. What is it you think people don't understand? If you weren't alive, then you probably are familiar with BTS. And if you know somebody who's really into BTS, imagine everyone on Earth is that person. Um, there was this, you know, so there was this like historical boy band movement, right? Like the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC and then all the other, you know non those guys um new kids on the block 
And that was a craze, man. That was like nuts. But there's no fucking InSync movie. Yes. The Spice Girls were a global phenomenon. Um, I never once listened to the Spice Girls in my life. And I knew every song in this movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, it's crazy. Let's, let's talk about that for a second. Because I think I have a little bit different read on this movie. And I think... You know, I don't know if InSync has a movie or not, although I could think of a couple movies they, they show up in, or maybe just that they fucking do. one. No, that's back you're thinking of Backstreet Boys. <laughs> oh, that is Backstreet Boys. What what movie yeah. is that? Oh, that's a spoiler though. We should This is yeah, yeah, it is a spoiler. <laughs> this is a spoiler. <laughs> this is a spoiler. <laughs> uh whatever. Point is, you know, the music movie we're well familiar with, right? We've talked about the monkeys, we've talked about the Beatles. Um, yeah, the Ramones. I, I just drug myself through all 500 hours of that uh, Snapchat filtered Beatles movie that came out talking oh. about recent movies. Hard pass. No thanks. Yeah, they where they smudge all the faces so they can put it in IMAX and claim it's 4K. Really sad. No. But um, really interesting account of like being in the room with four basic humans who are just like they've written music before and they're like trying to write music and uh, do a show and do a fucking TV special or maybe it's a movie, we do movies. And just like seeing the machine of what does a uber popular pop thing mm-hmm. do? Well, part of what you could do is you write an album, you tour the album and you make a movie. Mm-hmm. And the make a movie, that's a little strange today. Sure. I mean, maybe it's not. We can talk about that too. But back in the sort of like Monkeys Beatles, like that was that was one of the things you could sure. do is make a feature film. Sure. And so, yeah, you have the Spice Girls. Unfortunately, our window is closed on Chappie, which is another version of that conversation. Yes. <laughs> yeah, right. Chappie when Dion Ward made a feature film. Yeah. <laughs> you know what you see today, and I do see that today, but it's just because the prices on everything have dropped to rock bottom. You see this, but it's so blatantly transparent. It's like, go on Letterboxd and look at documentaries. And it's just littered with like, Taylor Swift made an album, so I guess she has a fucking documentary now. Mm -hmm. Kanye Mm -hmm. West is an asshole, so I guess he has three documentaries about how smart he is. Right. And so everybody kind of has their personal myth-making arm that is video. That's just like a component of the Mm -hmm. promotion at this point. But... That was also Spice World. Spice World was, and this is where I wanted to talk to you about a different read of it. Yeah, I mean, it's a merchandise machine. Spice World is either, and I guess it's both. It could be both, so maybe we just give the cheat answer. But Spice World is either a merchandise machine or a critique of the merchandise machine, a parody Mm -hmm. of the merchandise machine. And I mean, you know, I think this movie, the reason that I'm I'm like hyper aware of that is because I have also been thinking about this Beatles thing and yeah. just um, not to pick on the Beatles specifically, but there are versions of this that could be cheaply assembled with just tropes of the time. Right. We're going to do a send up of this thing that's going on right now. Sure. Which so many of the pop films really were. That and, was Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Yeah, sure. Sure. This movie makes deeper plots out of those or leans into them hard enough, these these different gags that they become absurd. You know, it's a British movie, so what is the British version of the pop movie? And it has to be James Bond in a way because that's, you know, that's what it would be. Mm-hmm. But it's also, okay, so what makes up the Spice Girls? 
Well, part of their thing is that they're campy. Part of their thing is that they wear the personalities on the sleeve. The characters are on the sleeve. Mm-hmm. And so I think the movie leans into that, too. It It's sort of like so camp it becomes self-aware. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is kind of how, that's my view of the Spice Girls. Maybe I'm giving the the entire uh, time like more more credit. But when I was young, that never dawned on me that like, all right, look at these girl boy groups that we grew up with. You'd mentioned in sync. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of these were based around there's fucking five of them and they had this is like the shy one and this is the jockey one and whatever. Mm-hmm. The Spice Girls were literally like one's called Baby. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. there's one called Scary. What's her thing? She's like Rawr. Yeah. And so it was almost self-parody, or I think about it more like expose even. They're kind of going, sure. yeah, they assemble these groups and everybody has a role. Look, here's the roles that we have. Right. And that's kind of part of the gag. Yeah, but I think what's really like one of the things that's like not at work that could be at work in this movie is that the movie... uh it leans into that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you have your, it, but this is, I think what, this is, uh, I think sort of to answer your question, I think it is both in that way because on one hand, the movie is like, look, posh is posh. She's like pretty much obsessed with like clothes and makeup. And you know, there's the gag where it's like, Oh, my head was missing. And she was like, I had my head, but it had no makeup. Oh, posh. You're so posh. Um, <laughs> But for all of that, right, um, Ginger Spice is like, girl power. And she's like, but sometimes I'm more than just girl power. Uh, Why do I always have to be sporty? Sometimes I'm not sporty. And then the movie goes like, shut up, sporty, get sporty. And she's like, okay, I'll get sporty. (laughs) And that's sort of like the the whole running thing of the movie is these like or when they do each other's characters which is pretty funny yeah but that's more like impressions yeah there's 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 just so many scenes there's so many scenes where the movie like could introduce conflict Mm -hmm. and instead it goes nah we're just kidding it the conflict is that they have to get to the show on time yeah (laughs) yeah right you know so you're saying it never loses track that it is a promotional film yeah, because yeah. there's like there's like that whole fucking scene where where James Bond is like, no, they can't have the morning off. They absolutely must work on the show. And Richard E. Grant's like, girls, I have some bad news. You can't have the morning off. And they're like, fuck you. We're taking the morning off. And they walk out of the room. Yeah. And he goes, oh my God, is this the conflict of the film? And then the door swings back open and they go, we're just kidding. We'll see you in the morning. Yeah. When petting the white cat is not enough, we have petting the little pig. Oh, he has a white rabbit too. And oh, I, I miss that. I miss that. <laughs> I just think about him feeding the pig with that yeah. baby bottle. Yeah, I mean, so I guess they're they're commenting on that pretty extensively. They are commenting on the type of music film itself. Sure. In that moment about are we going to introduce conflict? But also think about the fucking bomb on the bus, right? That is sure. literally there because there are people within the movie, they're examining all facets of this life. And one is, of course, trying to make a film. Mm-hmm. And this sort of like, well, what should the plot be? Can we have a bomb? No, that's too, that's, this is too much filmmaking rules. Get this out of here. This is right. A, right. a fucking puff piece. Yeah. But, uh, and then, of course, the other arm of it, and this is the one that, that 
I think you're about is, to say that you're about to say that the movie doesn't make sense because Elton John is Elton John, but Meatloaf is becoming Meatloaf. Is that what you're about to say? No, he's like um, on an arc to become Meatloaf, while Elton John is already firmly Elton John, which right. doesn't make any sense. It's the one thing I don't understand about this movie. But he's like, I would do anything for love, but I won't. Hmm, is that a hit song? I think Meatloaf was sweet. Leave him alone. Shame he didn't believe in science. Hey, so the thing I was going to fucking say, man, speaking of people needlessly dying, is uh, the gag about, you know, is the Pope Catholic and then like the Daily Mail, whatever the fuck it is in this movie, runs with the... So good. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Which, of course, is how it must feel to them when people, when the paparazzi just make up stories about nothing. That's also like one of the most poignant moments. (laughs) Oh, yeah, totally. Well... uh, Man, this is literally the same year that the paparazzi kills Princess Diana. So it's, uh, it, and I think they had to edit some of that out of the film. The, I don't know if they're Princess Diana jokes or what the fuck it was, but the world was different after they filmed Spice World than before. Mm-hmm. And so we're seeing this, we're seeing a movie that has a tabloid critique at the time that at least British tabloids were just at the height of absurdity. And I'm always told by people in Britain, like, oh yeah, that was such a big problem. I don't exactly know the extent of what the fuck it was. But, you know, they ran an important woman off the road, sort of seems like, you know, the type of person that you don't want to kill with your car. That's right. It seems like maybe things had gotten more out of hand than usual. I don't know. So there's that part of the time that's sealed permanently within the movie. It's very interesting to me just to think about, okay, Princess Diana died, and there's actually a movie that taught, you know, so what's media saying about tabloids at the time? And it's like, well, the Spice World movie was commenting on it like right before it happened and editing around it. So you have that, you have the, the 90s fashion, you have um, all of this stuff that it is, interesting to look back at now like you said the girl power and how much girl power just comes out in the movie as like a fucking thing they got to keep what's the magic of the spice it's actually girl power right that's the uh the villeneuve movie we didn't get that's the adaptation we didn't get that's true although we might find out in part two it was girl power the whole time Zendaya still hasn't had much of a role yet (laughs) yeah if, if the spice was truly girl power well i'll leave it alone Maybe we should send some letters to Eli Roth, who wrote that fucking movie. What? What are you talking about? That's crazy. Eli Roth wrote Dune. Why is no one talking about that? Did you know that? No. That's crazy, right? I didn't e- yeah, know that, that yeah. Eli Roth. Wow. Yeah. Well, there are two other writers. I mean, Villeneuve is one of them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Eli Roth. And I, I think he wrote the treatment for the next one. I don't know what the fuck's happening with it. But yes, there you go. That's crazy. You got Eli Roth and that darn cat on Double Feature today. What more could you have asked for? Sounds like for? next year's year end. That's what I think. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see if, uh, don't, why you got to bring me back down? <laughs> no, you're supposed to go, you're supposed to go, yeah, Eli Roth and that darn cat. Season finale or series finale? Who's, who among us can say? We have a website. I want to thank the people who have been executive producers. Charles Crawford, Ben Ecker, Brad Parker, Joachim Vernon. I don't know how long they were all executive producers. I'm going to let you guys in on a secret. As we've been hemorrhaging Patreons this year, 
I just kept thanking the executive producers anyways because I just felt like they helped us out at one point. And then maybe they died. Maybe some of them died. So I just give them a thanks anyways. Some of these people still on the Patreon. Thanks, guys. And to all the Patreons. And to you, Michael, for getting me to watch Spice World, a movie I tried very hard to dislike, but it just was too smart and had too much to say. How could you not like Spice World? It's kind of hard to not like Spice World. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's impressive in its strange way. It really is. It's definitely not a movie that I would go out and be like, dude, Spice World, you should give it another chance. But if somebody were to be like, I really like Spice World, I would be like, I cannot fault you for really liking Spice World. All right, well, look, all I'm going to say is that it's patreon.com forward slash double feature. Whether you're hearing this right now and want there to be more of the show or whether this is the last episode ever and you're like, why is this just a show about Spice World? Is this just a show about two spices back to back? What is this? You can go on the Patreon and hopefully find uh, like a thousand fucking episodes of this show. Um, we should take uh, take a break of some kind. I don't. I don't know what kind that is and then do the year end great i think the year end would be good we've gotten this far we made it through this goddamn show sure and and some some strange things happened this year that we've talked about off air yeah one in particular that just maybe speaks to where i'm at in life i'd I'd like to talk to you about it on air and have a have a recorded conversation because apparently having a recorded conversation is very important as uh well whatever we'll talk about it We'll talk about it someday on Double Feature. My name has been Eric13, and I've been here with Michael Kester. That's right. Um, you know, and, and tip your waitress, tip your bartender, watch more fucking film. All right, bye.